on this week's show. Maidstone United take centre stage after an FA Cup shock to remember. We get a fan's eye view from Nick Morgan. I cannot speak. I cannot believe this. The ref's made his whistle up. And a co-owner's view from Oliver Ash. Clearly, the story of the little club from the sixth level um, beating the, the big guys from perhaps next season the top level is a story that's hit, hit home everywhere, even here now back in France. And we hear from Tony Berman as Dartford begin to rebuild their season. It's the ball's decision when they bring someone else in. Um, and at the moment... We're going to take our time and, and do that. And what we, what's very important is the right man comes in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ken Ollie Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. You've won their last six games in a row. It seems that winning is a habit across this county at the moment. A truly unbelievable Saturday lunchtime. And of course, we've got reaction to Maystone's incredible win. There's been tons more going on this week that we've got to discuss. It's just been fascinating all across the board. Uh, I'm John Phipps, whose day off today has been interrupted by the flat doorbell ringing twice, which is almost as many times as it's rung in total in the last 18 months that I've lived here. Another one now, of course, is my good friend, the best co-host in the world and a man who continues to specialise in away wins. It's Matt Gerrard, of course. How are you, mate? Not bad, not bad. I had somebody today knock on our front door trying to sell dishcloths. And I thought, it's not the 1970s, mate. I didn't say that to him, but we've got enough dishcloths. So I didn't need to um, uh, uh, um, say too much about it. But yeah, but again, was they trying to sell dishcloths to you? No. Do, do you think he was legitimate? He had his driving licence out. Right. Was, yeah. To from that. But again, um, but we do have one of those ring doorbells. So, again, but he was, yeah, it's a strange one. He had, the, you know, that little hold all. And I didn't actually ask him. But, yeah, um, selling, well, really needs to move with the times. Because if I wanted a tea towel, I'd probably get Amazon probably quicker. But there you go. So, yeah, strange one, eh? Yeah, absolutely. They weren't selling dishcloths in my uh, neck of the woods today. It was uh, one was the post, the post person, uh, which seemingly at the moment we're only getting post once a week. So yeah, that seems um, to be the she, norm. Yeah, she was quite surprised. She's like, "I've got lots for you," and I'm like, "Well, you haven't been here for a week, so it doesn't shock <laughs> me." Uh, and the other one was, um, well, basically it was a political candidate, even though I've got any elections coming up yet. Um, but this gen is uh, hoping to be the next uh, MP for Eastbourne. He was doing the rounds. So I had a chat to him for 10 minutes. What political right. party were they from? Uh, he's from the Liberal Democrats. Oh, they've probably so, got a chance with you, aren't they? Massive chance, yeah. So uh, they're, 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 it's been Lib Dem since the early 90s. So, um, Didn't they have a famous Lib Dem in your place? Uh, David Bellotti was the, was the, uh, yeah. was the MP for a while. Um no, not like a not like a lead or anything. Um, but yeah. it, he's an impressive chap, this guy. I'm sure he's going to go far. Um, I'm probably not going to be here to vote for him, but you know, I'm sure he's going to. Um, I'm sure he's going to get in because I what think. What time did he come? Does he expect people to be in? I suppose Eastbourne has got a reputation of people being old, so it maybe expects people to be in. It must have been around lunchtime. Um, hmm. I mean, I would have been here if it, if I'd been going to work. I would have been here. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a nice chap. Um, yeah, what more can I say? Um, yeah, there you go. But yeah, so it was unusual for the doorbell to ring because I was like, what the? And then the second time it rang, I was like, whoa, 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 here we go. So it's like very unusual. But uh, yeah, 
What else you been up to? Anything exciting? Um, well, well, one thing I did find exciting, which is very sad, I picked the um, Dymo label up from work. You know one of those things you can print labels off? And all Saturday morning before I went to football, I basically labelled everything up. So like, so I'm with drawers with the, with the food in, so I know what the flour is and things like that. And I've never had so much fun for a while, really, to be fair. And I, it's, it, it must be a middle-aged man thing, but I was marking it. I couldn't, anything that needed marking up, bang, I was printing stuff off, doing it. There's a very popular group on Facebook called the Dull Men's Club, Matt. I dare I suggest is it, oh, just, is it? All right. You've just put forward your application to join that group. Uh, with Honestly, I, I had to keep asking my wife anything else we can mark up. I marked up all their hairbrushes as well. They're constantly finding whose hairbrushes is, and my vitamins that I always forget what to, um, which ones I've got to take. I thought perfect. I marked up my name. I know which one it was. Honestly, I loved it. Marking stuff up, brilliant fun. Did you mark up any, any serums for the for the girls? Because I know that's no, a big no, thing no. no. We did find a serum in the dog's mouth the other day. So, but that's we need to be careful. The dog's getting older. That so. Uh, anyway, we'll go here, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lifestyle rock, I lead. Rock and roll. Uh, yeah. It's our 283rd episode this week, and apparently there are 283 irregular verbs in the English language, which is the most of any language. Um, I'm really not sure I should be confessing this, but despite being a journalist for more than 20 years, I still don't really remember all the things about these words. Verbs, I know, but adjectives, nouns, I don't know. Uh, I'm already booked in for some phonics lessons, so maybe in time I'll be able to progress. Who knows? Anyway, irregular verbs, just in case you're wondering, I wonder if you have different ending in the past since you would expect. And apparently the 12 most used verbs in the English language are all irregular. Sing, <laughs> sang, sung rather than singed, if that helps. Education, the, eh? The kids, the kids would know all this because they'd have to learn that at primary school with what an irregular verb. I wouldn't have a clue, mate, to be fair. No. <laughs> so well done. Anyway, let's shut up and talk about the most incredible afternoon of the season. Yes, that's right. Dover Athletic won. Hey! Of course, we can only start in one place. And that place is Portman Road, Ipswich, where on Saturday afternoon, one of the greatest upsets in FA Cup history played out. And it was one of our teams that only went and bloody done it. Maidstone United, we salute you. We're going to hear from Oliver Ash shortly, but first we're going to relive an amazing afternoon through the eyes of two Maidstone fans. More than four and a half thousand of them were there. And among them was Nick Morgan and his son, Kian. And brilliantly, Nick chronicled it all for us. You're going to love this, I promise. Over to Nick and Kian. So hi Matt and John, this is Nick Morgan, Maidstone supporter, um, radio commentator on a part-time basis um, and just offering a, a bit of a view from a Stone supporter's perspective on the game today. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, but we're playing this little team called Ipswich. I think it's been on the news a little bit over the last couple of days, but uh, it's uh, yeah, a, a very much an exciting time. I've come up here with my son, who is seven years old. We're staying in a hotel which is literally 500 yards away from the ground, and uh, he hasn't really slept, which means that I haven't really slept either. Lots of excitement in the Morgan household and uh, it's going to be, hopefully, a good day. I mean, aspirations for the day, um, most most of the, the news reports I've been seeing don't give us a hope. Um, I can't disagree with those based on the opposition that we're playing against, but uh, lots of other people were saying the same thing, which has followed us through with the Barrow and the Steamage game. You don't know, you never know, because it's the magic of the FA Cup. It's got to be a pretty hefty scoop of magic for us to be able to get anything out of this game. I mean, my aspirations for the day are literally, if we can score a goal, I'm happy. 
Um, it's a massive stadium. It's going to be absolutely packed out. And, you know, frankly, I just hope they enjoy. They, Craig and George, the, uh, the coaching staff, everyone associated with the club in the uh, back of house, all of the supporters, 15 coaches making their way up here today. <clears throat> I just hope everyone just enjoys every single second of this day um, because these don't happen very often, especially for little teams like us. Um, first time through to this fourth round. And if we get through, amazing. We'll, we can then enjoy another day just like this one. And if we don't, actually, just we've just enjoyed it while it was here. So, Kian, we are waking up this morning in Ipswich, about to watch our little team, Maidstone, play a very, very, very big team in the championship. So, Whips. called what? Whipswitch. Whipswitch. No, they're not called Ipswich, all right? So, how do you think the day is going to go? While you sit there eating your beans and your sausage and bacon. Um, I think the day's going to go really fast when Lakestone score two goals and then Ipswich come back with two goals. Game over. You've already said to me that you think that it's going to be a draw today, don't you? And you want to bring them back to our place and then we're going to win on penalties. Yeah. What's the thing you're most excited about today? Um, I've never seen the championship team in a real stadium. You've never seen the championship stadium before. Have, have you got any messages for the, the boys this morning? I want to say that they need to try their best, try their hardest, and it will all be good. Sounds good to So exciting part of the day already has begun as the coach turns up with the Maidstone team in it. It's what an amazing day. We're set outside the Ipswich Town football ground. The coach is turning up. There's Stones fans absolutely everywhere. There's flags, there's banners. What an amazing day this is going to be. Seriously, what a way to get this all started. Just being able to see him welcome the players in and cheer them on and get them ready for it. What a day. So we just got into the ground for the first time. Um, Kian was a little bit in awe as we woke at, uh, walked out. There are Stones fans, I mean, as far as the eye can see. There, we've managed to fill out uh, almost an entire stand from the looks of things. Uh, I mean, the, the, I'm hoping that we can get some really big noise going. This is obviously a big, great big, big, big stadium. But I don't think this lot know how much noise non-league supporters can make. So we are definitely going to be in a good place to see. We can see everything at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's gearing up to be a really, really good day all round. Already said, seen Oliver Ash. He's been welcoming the fans outside, which is a great touch. Uh, there's been the, the uh, BBC um, uh, Kent Southeast today outside checking stuff and uh, generally getting videos of everyone. I mean, it's, it's all gearing up here. And uh, we've still got about another hour or so before uh, kickoff. So, Kian, we're at Portman Road. We've just walked in and we've just got to our seat. And um, what are you thinking right now, seeing our little team, Maidstone, playing in a place like this? Uh, it's, it's incredible. Right now, the atmosphere for the Maidstone stands, literally when George came over, um, everybody was shouting, screaming, clapping. It's incredible for the club.
It really is. And I think hoping for lots and lots of noise. Are you going to be making lots of noise? Uh, maybe. When do you ever be quiet at a football match? Um, when we're losing, technically. But normally you're really, really loud, aren't you? Just like your dad? Uh, yes, 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 yes. That's why that, I, I call myself Loudmouth Stone on Twitter. Well, I didn't know that, but okay. <laughs> you didn't know that. Anyway, so we're going to be making lots and lots of noise all morning and all day today, aren't we? Yes. What are we going to be cheering on? We're going to be cheering on for the Smighty Stones. And what are you going to be singing? Call you Stones. I've done The team's just come out here at uh, Portman Road and... Uh, there are loads of people in this stand just basically just taking in the entire day right now uh, I mean there's Maidstone fans as far as I can see at the moment it, still it's it's really really crazy to see frankly and there's still more that are going to be packing out this place but Stone Squad are out they're warming up squad wise it looks like George has basically played the only squad that he could actually pull together we've only got five subs on the bench from the looks of things um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tough one, as we knew it would always be. Looking at the Ipswich squad, they, they're not taking this lightly. They pulled out, pulled together a, a, a squad which has got some very strong talent in there. Um, first team players pretty much all the way through. So it's going to be, uh, yeah, this is going to be a bit of a mountain to climb to get any kind of result. I stick with what I said. I just want us to score. If we can score, I'm happy. And, uh, yeah, we've got about another... 40 minutes or so before the kickoff, and uh, I can see Alex Scott, and I can actually see an FA Cup down there as well in the far distance. You won't be able to see me because we're up in the, uh, the, the higher echelons of the stand or in row U right at the very back. But, I mean, view-wise, it's great. Uh, it just means that faces aren't going to really be seen on, uh, on BBC News and Match of the Day and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, taking it all in and really enjoying the day so far. are coming out it's all getting a bit real now there's fire on the pitch and everything it's a real football match come on you stones boys are coming over to get their clap the noise is amazing after oh dear me oh wow after 32 minutes of absolute pummeling made so to scored I cannot believe it. George Elakobi makes dreams come true. What a day. My goodness me. Kian, it's half time here at Portman Road and I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but it's Ipswich Town nil, Maidstone United won in the fourth round of the FA Cup. How do you feel right now? I feel absolutely I feel I can't speak right now. No, I can't speak either. My head hurts and I can't speak. Okay, is it? What did you think of the goal? Uh, it, he chipped the keeper. It was wonderful. I know. Everybody's been singing this whole half. I think Maystone deserved it. Yeah, I mean we've put up with quite a lot, and they've tried. To, they've nearly scored about seven or eight times, but they haven't, and we have. Because of our mighty keeper. Yeah, because Lucas Kovalans plays an absolute blinder. I think you're right. Lucas has been absolutely amazing for us. So he's kept us in this game. They're going to be shooting. Mates are going to be shooting towards us this game. 
Next one, though, Lucas has got the sun in his eyes, which might go against us. But let's be honest, we don't really care right now, do we? No, but honestly, I, I actually feel happiness sick. Right. <laughs> I don't even know if it means a word, but I'm just making it up. I have no idea how we're going to get through this next half. I mean, the likelihood of them scoring is still very much there. We were very lucky at times, but my goodness. All I wanted was for us to score. We've done it. Whatever happens the rest of this half, I do not care. Okay, so I said I wanted one goal. They've then equalised. And we've got two. We've got two goals against Championship in Switch Town. Oh, my days. It is 90 minutes here at Portland Road. Eight minutes of added time. Oh, I hope we can keep this up. But my word, that's a long old shout. We've got players out there that can barely stand. This is going to be a real, real test if we can do it. We've just got to see this out. Right. This is the last minute of the game. My head hurts. I can barely breathe. My heart is pounding. Maidstone are beating Ipswich 2-1. The ball comes in. It is picked up by Lucas Coverley, who goes to ground. We've got a couple of players on the ground as well. I cannot believe this is happening. 35 seconds. At this rate, there's 15 seconds. There's nearly 10 seconds left. I cannot speak. I cannot believe this. As we go into the corner, Manny Duku wins his man. The minute the ref's made his whistle up. Maidstone have done it. They have beaten the switch. We're through to the fifth round. I cannot believe this. Um, we're sitting here. We've just come out of the ground. Um, uh, there's a lot of laughter about because... I can't believe I'm about to say this for the like the fourth or fifth time, but um, Maidstone have just beaten Ipswich Town and we're through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. And someone's just sent me a picture of what's the, the, the what's um, in Wikipedia under the fifth round of the FA Cup for 24. Um, and there's only three names on there. There's Bournemouth, Manchester City and Maidstone United. I mean, we're walking out of... An immense, massive stadium. We're heading back to the car. There is... We've just missed all of the Maidstone supporters. But, oh, what a day this has been. I mean, unbelievable. And that we've still got another one to go to. Absolutely unreal. Over and out for now. I felt every single moment of that, Matt. The emotions, the joy, the disbelief. What a day. Uh, and a huge thanks to Nick for, for doing that for us. Uh, that was amazing, wasn't it? Brilliant from what Nick, I really, and I'll text him before, and he's done a few games for me on the radio. Really nice guy. Um, loves his Maidstone. Last year he went through it all. But listening to that, the emotion that he went through and winning a game, it'll, it'll probably never get, well, he could win the next game and it'll get better, but it could never probably get better than that for him. Seeing his side there and the ultimate footballing performance, 38 shots against the two, you two go in and you win the game. Um, what a day for Maystone United. And I think Nick 
basically I could waffle on for five minutes on this, but Nick, what he's just done in that little piece there, sums it up completely what it must mean. Just to any old football fan, I'm a few fan people I've spoken to very, very jealous of what they've um, Maystone done because they want their fans to be involved in it. But um, yeah, thanks for Nick for that. And he really makes sure uh, what it is to be a football fan after you leave with those emotions. I think it's hard not to get choked up, actually, when you listen yeah. to that. I, I did a bit on Saturday when I was watching it. Um, but when you hear him in, in that half-time one, when he's like, we've scored, we're scored. You're like, you're just, you're just so pleased because, you know, and to hear the way that it was as well, you know, it was like, all I want to do is score, all I want to do is score. And then to go through and, abs- and actually win it. And, you know, fantastic day for, for all those sports. And the people like Nick, you know, like you say, Lived it last season, had the the, the disappointment of, of everything that's happened last season. He's, he's been there all through thick and thin. And, and that moment is, is for people like Nick, isn't it? Well, yeah, all those supporters who've been there. Again, I feel for the people who went to Sittingbourne, went to Ashford. It can say that football can turn around for you, you know, for being a football fan. 99% of the time, it's crap, isn't it? I would say, yep. unless you support Man City or one of the bigger teams. But Nick and Young Key in there will never forget that day. Never forget that day until, you know, until they die. And I think the stat, amazing stat, I didn't know that. First team since Blythe Spartans in 1978 to get into that round. That shows what an achievement this is because yeah, they could do it again next season. But the chances are a team that's going to do it again could be near another, another 50, 45, 50 years. So unbelievable and those four and a half thousand fans and hopefully you know, some of them may be floaters but they'll go back to Maystone United and it's put the club on the map um, absolutely unbelievable yeah I didn't, uh, I, 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 you know we all think about hope they win I didn't think they would win but fair play to them what a performance as well oh it was it was magnificent did, did you actually get to watch it or were you uh, were you traveling oh, yeah, I, I was in the because um, it was on the radio but of course it, it was weren't starting later so and I was in the bar watching it with some Dartford fans. They particularly didn't want Maidstone to win, so they're all pretty down all about it. But yeah, so I watched it. Then the last sort of 10 minutes, uh, I, I went and listened to it on the radio. So uh, from there, but, but I just felt as the game went on, you know, they're going to win, you know, well, the way it's which A, tried to walk it in, which I didn't really understand, and B, the way that Maidstone defended. And they, nobody can take that away from them. What a performance and... What a day. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, again, we could do this pod for the next 40 years, John. I'll, I'll be impressed if we get, a, get another Kent non-league side in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, un, yeah, I'd be amazed. But, yeah. But I, 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 interestingly, I'm Craig Tucker, who does the uh, Kent, Kent Online Maze, and I said to him, I wonder what odds you'd have got um, when they played Staining Town Right. Can I have a bet that we'll get to the fifth round of the FA Cup? What odds do you think that would be? That must oh. be 10,000 to one? Something like that. It was, it's just it's just unbelievable when when you think, oh, it's it's amazing. And in, do you know what? I read a few people saying Ipswich disrespected the competition and got what they deserved, even though they made 10 changes. That team was still insanely strong. You know, that Sarmiento who scored their goal. Yeah. Very good player on loan from Brighton, scored on Monday at Leicester as well. 
Um, you know, and all of those players are serious championship standard footballers. So to say for a second that Ipswich disrespected it is not true. And Maidstone just defended like their lives depended on it. I mean, Lucas Kovalain was absolutely amazing, as, as everybody has said. And then the goals as well. I, I, I was just kind of watching. I, I was thinking of going to a game on Saturday afternoon. And then as this game started, I was like, no, I'm going to stay and watch this. I'm going to stay and watch this. And then, you know, the first goal... I, I, I genuinely was just sat here and I saw the ball go over the top and I was like, go on, son, go on. And then he's, the finish was just unbelievable to be that cool, calm and collected and lob the ball over. And the same for Sam Corn, who's a player that we've spoken a lot about on this podcast. Great player, great player. Great player. And such a good finish. And, and you know, he, he kept his cool, kept his head. And all his focus on was, was hitting the back of the net. And that's exactly what he did. And, and do you know what? Unbelievable day and 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 brilliant. And, and a couple of days after the incredible scenes in Suffolk, Matt caught up with the Maystone co-owner Oliver Ash, and he started asking if he was still on cloud nine. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Um, Savouring it and thinking that the dust would have settled by now, but in fact uh, it hasn't. It's still kind of pinching yourself time and enjoying this very special moment. They don't come around very often, so you've got to enjoy them because when the bad times hit, you suffer. So if you don't enjoy the good times, well, you're in the wrong game. I, I think it's. Quite noted that people I know, uh, my mum knows I'm a Dover Athletic fan, but when I spoke to her, all she wanted to talk about was Maidstone United. So if, if this occasion could get out to people who are not the biggest football fans, but it puts Maidstone United on the map, that's worth absolutely everything, isn't it? I think so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we've um, clearly the story of the little club from the sixth level. Um, beating the the big guys from perhaps next season the top level is a story that's hit hit home everywhere. Even here now back in France, I've been been contacted. We had an article in in L'Equipe, which is like the big sports newspaper in France, uh, talking about what we achieved. Um, and in other other regional newspapers, I know the word in France is spreading. Even you know, I went. Um, uh, met people, literally people in the street here that uh, I wasn't expecting to know anything about it. So she stopped me and said, "Well done to Maidstone." It's, it's been quite astonishing, really. And uh, you know, again, uh, brilliantly done by uh, George Alakobi and uh, and the players. They they really have um, sort of done something very special. It's one of those one of those games, isn't it? I'd love to tell you exactly what what Bill Bill Williams said when he went into the dressing room after the game. Um, his first, um, his first three words. The, the first two were "you lucky," and I won't tell you what the last word was. But it, it, it was very boisterous in there, and uh, uh, I think everybody everybody knows that they were. There was this combination of you know real grit and determination and massive amounts of luck. It was just one of those games that we've all seen in the past, where one team is battered for ninety minutes, but does just enough. I coined, I, I sort of coined a phrase which. Uh, kind of sums it up really is that Ipswich had most of the world-class players but we had the world-class moments in that game and I think that was that's kind of it really it's uh, I don't think people will forget about it here for a long time so next year it might be it'll be somebody else's turn and I I, I, I feel great great happiness for them it might be Dover next year and it's it's a wonderful thing it's uh, that you now every league non-league team should go through a an experience like this that we're all going through, whether it's players, staff, uh, owners, whatever, we, we're all um, living the dream at the moment and it doesn't seem to stop. I think the, the stat was, I think it was Blythe Spartans in 1978 were the last team to do it. That puts it into context, you know, a generation. This yeah. only happens once in a generation and the, and what Maystone United have achieved is, is phenomenal. And when you woke up um, 
on Saturday morning. Did you believe it was possible? Uh, yeah, perhaps a little tiny bit, but I tell myself for these games from Barrow onwards, really, that there's no way we're going to win because I try and sort of dampen down the despair and the depression that follows a defeat. So if you tell yourself we're going to lose 7-0, you know, anything <laughs> else is, is good news. And I convinced myself that we were. And, you know, we've we've uh, even when we were 1-0 up, uh, miraculously after the first uh, half, I was convinced we were going to be losing 5 or 6-1, as, as we had previously, as most teams, you know, most games... That happens. Blackburn beat Wrexham mm. 4-1 and Wrexham are a damn good team. You know, this is what should normally happen. And if we play Ipswich again, we'll lose 7-0 probably. It's just that that particular game went that particular way. I would, I would like to say that, uh, firstly, that Ipswich Town were, were wonderful hosts and, and they are a, a great grand old family club. And they were wonderful hosts, very gracious in defeat. I think all the fans as well as the directors uh, that we, we met uh, were, were very very gracious. I, I took the privilege, or I took the opportunity to ask in the, to ask the um, the chairman if he would uh, kindly arrange for, for his team to come for a pre season friendly, so they could have a chance to take their revenge. Um, and then the the other thing, I, it's kind of linked really, is just that football often has a bad name compared to rugby, which, as you probably know, I'm involved in as well in rugby, and, and it often has a bad reputation. And this was an occasion where I thought that that was completely not the case. The, the fans, there was some great banter between the fans. It was all good-natured. The supporters before, during and after the game, uh, Ipswich supporters were, were very, very friendly, and there was, uh, I don't think there were any problems at all. And even on the field, I thought the players behaved impeccably. There were no incidents. There was no diving. Well, there was, maybe there was a dive, um, but there was very little. Uh, the referee was respected. So all the values that we love in sport were on display for the match and uh, before and after. And that's a great thing. You personally, um, you've had some ups and downs as chairman. You know, Coming back to the Gallagher, phenomenal achievement, getting through the leagues, an achievement, last season's relegation. Um how difficult, you know, you might not have been chairman if you'd sold the club a year ago. So does that, how does it feel to you, you know, you've got to, as you mentioned earlier, you've got to take the highs as well as the lows, isn't it? Being a chairman of a football club is a roller coaster, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's very hard work running a football club. I don't think um, anybody who's not been involved in it realises how, how hard it is compared to another business of the same sort of turnover. It's just so much more complicated. There's so many more people involved, so many more demands on your time and on your wallet all the time. It, it really is uh, really, really tough. So, yeah, you enjoy the, enjoy these these moments. There are surprises and, and, and you enjoy it. But, uh, you know, we Terry Terry and, and I will keep our, our feet on the ground. We're not, we're not going to go crazy. This is um, a, a joyous moment and, and, and good news financially, of course, at a, at, a, at a time we've just just come out of the worst season we've had. Uh, it was an awful season. Everything went wrong and it was really difficult to keep control of the numbers. And, and this um, this is really good news for that. Uh, so we're all, we're all very happy with that. Your finances, of course, you've got to make some money, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, I know you've got to get a new pitch. Um, the rest of the thing, just be ploughed into the club to try and keep them in the next level above. But we've seen other clubs having a cut run and that gives that sustainability for a long period of time, doesn't it? Yeah, you hope so. I mean, it's too early to, to really 
think what what's going to happen. We have to wait till the dust fully settles and then take stock and, and make a few plans, see if um, if there are any really worthwhile capital projects that we can finance. Because uh, you know the cup run, it, it's not going to produce millions. I mean, it's producing hundreds of thousands. And because of inflation in the last few years, the projects to complete the stadium, the the, the town end and the uh, the sort of river river end would probably today be costing four or five million. Mm. So that's still massive amounts of money. There's no way we could finance that from from this without borrowing money. And, and that's something we've been very loath to do over the years. So we have to keep our feet on the ground. I mean, the, the stadium doesn't need expansion now. It, will, it certainly would do if the, the point came when we really were in a position to attack the Football League, perhaps with new owners. Um, but not not really yet. It's not vital. We keep the stadium tidy and, and uh, try and improve it when we can. But let's take stock. It's too early to start thinking about that. We'll, 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 we'll come to that when, when the dust has settled. You don't have to answer this question. When do you actually get the money? Do you get it after every game or when you go out of the competition? When, do you get, when does the, the, the money roll in? Is it, how does it divvied out? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I rely on on Terry for for these things. He's very reliable, and he's he's uh, he's certainly not the sort of guy that will um, let let a bill not <laughs> not get paid. Uh, so, um, you know, I think the FA pay the prize money fairly quickly, and then you you know you press the clubs. The clubs, I think, have got two weeks to do the accounts, and in theory, send the, send their share of the gate over and you can argue with them for the what is the share of the gate and what they've deducted and all the rest of it uh, but it's so it's fairly it's fairly quick and and uh, we'll, we'll be on the case you can trust me we'll be on the case pretty quickly <laughs> next round um again the last time a side beat uh, a non-league side beat Ipswich um in the cup because it was Lincoln and they got to the sixth round ra- the quarterfinal of the sixth round so we're hoping again that Maystone can do it one more you've either got Coventry or Sheffield Wednesday your initial you know, two massive football clubs. Your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, exactly. They are two massive clubs. It's a bit like Ipswich uh, in the last round. You know, there was a sort of initial, maybe slight disappointment because, you know, when you're in the hat for third round and then fourth round and there are all these really massive clubs, you're hoping to get one of those. So uh, it took a day or two to realise that Ipswich was actually a terrific draw. Mm. And... uh, you know, we're little Maidstone, and and that's a fantastic draw. And, and if you think that, you know, I was looking today at one of the many sort of tweets from the FA where they've got this sort of uh, drawing of all the clubs that are left in the competition, and, and you just have to blink and think this is all Premier League and Championship clubs, and there's nobody from League One, there's nobody from League Two, there's nobody from the National League, and then there's this little us, and, and you kind of think, you know, this is just um, it is difficult to get your head around it. So. Whether it's Sheffield Wednesday or Coventry, I think it, it'll be you know it'll be another great occasion, and we just have to sort of wind up the energy for it. People, are, some of the Maidstone folk are going to run out of energy for the; they can't cope with it. You know, they're still in a state of shock. So, it's a wonderful problem to have compared to other problems that we've had to deal with, and that I suppose the you know people people in the around the world are dealing with. So, we, we have to appreciate that it's a wonderful problem to have, and, and uh, we relish the next round. Right, thank you very much. Well, appreciate. It. Thank you for the time and. Thank you for giving Kent Football an amazing achievement. And please pass by George Ellicobi when I've spoken to him. He's such a positive guy. And if, if I can get 1% of his positivity into me, it's going to make me a better person. Yeah, well, he's special. And, and uh, thanks for, thanks for you, what, what you do on the pod with John. It's, uh, it's terrific. We, I always listen in and enjoy what you do. And, and uh, good luck to you uh, for the rest of the season as well. 
I mean, I'm delighted to hear, mate. He's, he's one of the good guys, keeping calm and level-headed as always. I even left in the niceties at the end as well, because, you know, why not? But as I say, genuinely delighted for him and, and Maidstone, the club, still in very good hands because other people will be looking thinking oh look we've made all this money whereas he's like no we haven't made all that money we've got to invest it properly you know and if we want to put, but we're going to make the club stable again and and you know if they go up this season they go up this season but if not what a grounding they've got going forward yeah uh, fair play to Oliver um he's somebody who had a bit of stick I think didn't he this time last year could have sold the club fans weren't particularly happy would certain chairman wouldn't have given the job to George Ellicobi after the run he'd been on as well um, so I think yeah, him and Terry Casey deserve a little bit of credit with their step with him um, and, and they've just got their just rewards uh, no, in that article how many people have spoken to me about Maystone United who now I love my non-league football but they all know about Maystone United so yeah I'm really pleased for him because he is one of the good guys um and he tells how difficult it is to run a football club. Uh, Maystone are a club who get good crowds. So, you know, you think, oh, it should be easy that we've got all this. We can go to the next level, but not necessarily the case as, we could, as we've seen. So, yeah, I'm really pleased for him. And I really appreciate that because he's had so many um, other media uh, invitations. But just to come on our pod is, is good as well. So thank him for that. Um, good luck and good luck in the next round for them. But. What an achievement. And again, I would have thought all Maystone United fans must be on cloud nine. So it'll never get better. Well, anyway, it's getting better. That is beating the next in the next round, I suppose, isn't it? But the way they won must make it even more sweeter. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel as well, you know, it was it was a disappointing job. I think Oliver hit the nail on the head there when he said, you know, the more it goes on, actually, the more exciting draw it is. Obviously, we'll find out who it's going to be uh, in the coming weeks. You probably would would suggest Coventry have got a good chance. They've got a really good home record there at home in the replay. And let's not forget, Coventry City won the FA Cup in 1987. Sheffield Wednesday are a, a famous club who are having a tough season at the bottom of the championship. But those are still two massive, massive teams. And yeah, of course, it's disappointing. But I think you probably would have preferred that to Luton away because... You're going to get more supporters able to go to Coventry or go to Sheffield Wednesday. Luton, you'd get, you know, of a, a, a smaller place. And, and traditionally, they're big clubs. And, and I can understand the, the disappointment when it came out of the hat, especially because Manchester City was still in there. But even so, as you said, at Staining Town, if you'd gone to the fans behind the goal at Staining Town and said, hey, do you know what? This cup run, Sheffield Wednesday or Cov in round five, what do you reckon? They'd go, they'd laugh, laugh you at the place, wouldn't they? Yeah, two massive football clubs who will treat Maidstone with the respect they deserve. Um, proper football clubs, I would say. So bring it on, I would say, from a Maidstone point. The only disappointment, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to take it again. It's it's a midweek, so you know, people like Nick and Young Kean will they be able to get? Well, he's got school in the morning. That's the only thing, and the FA Cup, you know, it has to go move to the round. I know not many non-league sides getting there, but surely it should be a Saturday, this competition. You know, it doesn't not necessarily a non-league team. There might have been a lot of the lower league teams who want to take as many fans, but a midweek, the end of February, does seem a little bit unfortunate. Hopefully they'll be able to take as many fans. I'm sure they will because people will want to go, but shame it's not on a Saturday for them to really enjoy the occasion. I'm going to suggest there may be a fair few sickies knocking about that <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah. 
It was funny. Well, and, 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 and a good thing as well, you know, Maystone, you know, you know who they're playing the day up the week, the next game after the um, they play the FA Cup. <laughs> I'm going to guess that they've got Dover Athletic. Yeah, they've got Dover Athletic. So I, I'm hoping it goes 120 minutes. They win on penalties. They're so high as a kite that Dover maybe could win a game as well. Sorry about Oliver, but they, you know where my allegiance is lie. So I want Maystone United to get through to the next, get to the sixth round. But again, realise that when they come against the uh, the might of Dover, that they're too worn out and we win. I do wonder if Oliver Ash had a straight face when he said maybe it could be Dover next season because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd, I'd have struggled to keep it. Well, yeah, well. I, I, but the thing is, John, I, you know, the position we're at the moment, the FA Cup, such a great thing. I would be buzzing if we got to the first round, you know, because of what it means. So, and so to get to the fifth round, I'm, I, I, I could not believe it, but so, so happy for so many people. Yeah, unbelievable. Well done to everyone at Maidstone United. And never thought I'd say this on the Kent Nolly podcast, but good luck in the fifth round of the FA Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> there's been so much going on this week that our next story would usually probably be the very first thing on our agenda. But instead, here we are, or well, more than half an hour in, before we discuss the comings and goings at Welling United. On the pitch, it's back-to-back 2-1 wins for the Wings, moving them to within four points of safety. Uh, but off the pitch, those wins came under two different managers after Danny Bloor was sacked on the way home from Hemel Hempstead and replaced by Rod Stringer, who then led the 10-man wings to success over Hampton and Richmond. Uh, I know you're there on Saturday, Matt, so you'll be more informed about it all. But what did you make of Danny Bloor's exit? Um, I'd really like Danny Bloor. Uh, again, I think last season, Welling had a bit of a bigger budget than they had this season. Um, they played some good football. He's a good character, knows his level, Danny Bloor. Again, it's a results-driven business, so you look at it, but feeling a bit harsh after a good result against Hemel, and Hemel are no mugs in this division, to get the sack. So, surely, clearly, it's been lined up before, because um, Rod Stringer said he's seen the last two games. I feel a bit for him, but I'm sure he'll be back in the in the managerial hot seat. But, Welling, again, the most important thing is that they try and stay up. When you were covering the Essex, were you, are you aware of you... Was he manager of Chelmsford? He wasn't. He, I think, he was at Bishop Storchwood when I was yeah. when I was covering them. Uh, and then, not long after I left the patch, he became the Chelmsford manager. I know he's very popular uh, at Chelmsford, and and you know, I, I, he's a name. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's he, he, he knows good, this. You know, yeah, got pedigree in this division. Yeah, he's, he's got a good pedigree in this division, and and obviously, they've identified him as the man that they think can keep them up um but I know a lot of people uh, are upset about what happened to, to Danny Bloor you know I, I saw the director of football said he stepped down after the after the decision mm. um a lot of supporters on social media saying you know we want our club back and you know that they didn't agree with the decision and that they were really disappointed and, and you know Danny Bloor's only had six months or so in charge um yeah, it's been a disappointing season for Welling, but they won a game and then apparently he was sacked on his way home from the game over the phone. Um, you know, and, and I feel, like you say, I, I've I've not actually spoke to Daniel personally, but I've obviously seen him around a few times at Eastbourne Borough and he's always been very personable and very friendly. Um, and, and, you know, and, and yeah, I, I feel sorry for him, but I guess you, you kind of have to say that that's done now. You, you've got to move on. Everyone's got to pull in the right direction. He's got Kevin Watson with him, who's, who obviously is a friend of the show um, from his time at Ebbsfleet United. He's very good as well. So there are positives for Welling. And if Rod Stringer can bring a few players in here and there, there is a chance that Welling can get out of it. They've got a big game on Saturday, haven't they? Yeah, it's Taunton. Taunton, a, a club with the 
issues in the division, a win from them. I know Fulton have got a few games in hand, but it's important to do that. Um, again, again, football's a funny business because everybody's up in arms when um, Danny Bloor got sacked. Uh, so it's a disgrace. You get your win with 10 men the next day, everybody's bigging them up. So yeah, all fans were likely to see is with their team winning and Rod Stringer, I think some stage, you know, I thought the bottom four were doomed, but back-to-back wins. If Wellington can win on Saturday, it'll be a fantastic a, a chance for them to try and stay up. And Rod Stringer knows his level. I think, as you mentioned, um, Kevin Watson coming in, I think that's a good appointment as well. He knows the non-league game with his TV commitments, uh, bring players in. I'm sure there'll be a turnaround of players, but um, Danny Bloor did a great job, but I think Rod Stringer's in, keeps him up. He's done his job, which I presume is like his main aim is to be. Absolutely. I mean, this this time last week, they were six points worse off. So, yeah. you know, th- that's the massive thing, isn't it? And it was incredible on Saturday when I was looking at all the results. What was it? Three of the bottom four won. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so all of a sudden... Uh, maybe things are starting to turn around. And, you know, like I said last week, someone up the middle there, people are going to be starting to look over their shoulders. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. And 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 well in, Ross Stringer says they've always been a club at this level and above. You know, almost for them to drop out of this league is, is, is almost unthinkable, really, uh, with the success they've had over the last few years. But on the flip side of that, it's difficult for them. It, they're, they're trying to compete in in leagues where there's big fans, uh, big crowds coming in at other clubs. Their, their catchment area isn't the best. Their, their stadium needs a lot of work on it. Um, and, and, you know, I think I can see the struggles that, that they've had. Um, and, you know, I, I just hope that Rod Stringer has it in him to, to galvanise the place and bring everyone together. Because, you know, at the end of the day, that the, the future of Wellington United is the most important, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think Rod Stringer is a yeah, good old-fashioned manager. Essex-based. He may bring in some Essex players, maybe bring in some Better players they've got, even though I think Welling have got some good players as it is. So, interesting to see how they get on. He had the new manager bounce. I'll see it in effect on, on Saturday. But again, I think he probably knows the Taunton game is absolutely massive. They get with it, it brings Taunton into the relegation battle, which uh, with their problems, they might struggle to get out of. Yeah, absolutely. That is a, a key game, the a proverbial six-pointer. Uh, our National League South Epic continues now with a trip to Prince's Park, where Tony Berman's first game back in charge of Dartford didn't bring about the desired change of fortunes as Weymouth, who were obviously stung by my insistence last week that a team in their over the table will go down, uh, left with a 1-0 win. And after the game, Matt spoke to the interim darts boss. That's Tony Berman. Yeah, I mean, result-wise, yes. Um, Performance-wise, I think we, we we tried and we made the effort and I think the, the players tried to to um, implement some of the things that we, we, we put in place over the week or two and um, uh, it's disappointing, obviously, the result. Um, but, you know, it's it's a great strike. You have to sometimes, you know, it's, it's in the top corner. We should have probably done something to close him down a lot quicker. Um but it took the sting out of us a little bit, you know. And we we it, 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 we went our, our actions after we went one nil. Is, is is a little bit like oh, it's, it's happened again. And we've got to change that attitude. We've got to change that feeling. And you know, you do go one nil down sometimes in games, but you've got to believe that you can get back in there. And that's what we got to try and put back into the players. I thought you started the game pretty well. You know, the goalkeeper booked in the first minute. Alex Wall's free kick. You just couldn't get that goal. Yeah, we did start the game right. You're right, and I, and I say that some of the things that did go on was was what we had asked them to do. You know, I, I feel we, we've got 
get a lot more service into the box from wide areas. Um, you know, and I think if that happens, then you know we we will start scoring scoring goals. Um, you know, it's uh, it's. It, 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 it has been difficult, but it hasn't been difficult. With, but you know, like you say, today in the first minute we could have probably maybe gone one nil up if the referee let play continue. Um, but it wasn't to be. And um, yeah, I think second half we just run out of legs a little bit. Some ideas and Brandon going off very early. It, it took the pace out of the side and some of the things that we wanted to do. So it's it's difficult when that happens, but. Uh, you know we have to we have to move on. I've, I've, the players have given me, you know, I don't, I don't think they've let me down. I don't think they, they they've given me hundred percent and uh, they showed me a lot of respect today. I felt so. Hopefully we can we, we move on and 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 try and get, you know obviously get, there's a game on Tuesday. Get something out of that, but obviously next game next Saturday as well. And um, it's another work we week another week we're working with the players. Yeah, you haven't played for two weeks. What have you been doing in that period since you've been in charge? Yeah, no, we, well we've been we've been. You know they've been training and, and, and what we what we tried to do and you know and, uh, and 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 say some of the ideas that we we uh, we've put into their heads in, in, in over on the training sessions is, is has been good and I think they was implemented more in the first half. Uh, but like I say, when you you lose your pacey man, who, who you want who you want to give him an opportunity to express himself in front of the crowd, um, it didn't come off today, but. Um, Nevertheless, we've uh, you know we have to realise that we have lost the game, um, and uh, that's the be all and the you know end all for it, for it at the moment. But uh, there's definitely something to work on, and you know it now becomes real. We played our first game. It's all right taking training sessions and uh, um, getting on with things like that, and the attitude in training has been excellent. But um, you know we've got to do do things what we feel is right, and uh, that's what I'll I'll do now. Is uh, you know we've got to assess games, assess their situations after games, and um, you know see what we can do to improve it. I mentioned your interim manager. Again, is it to the end of the season or the clubs? Uh, you know you were heavily involved with the the running of the club as well. What's the club's plan going forward? Trying to get a manager in, or is it you to the end of the season? Um, it's so it's really it's the, it's the ball's decision when they bring someone else in um and at the moment we're going to take our time and, and do that and what we what's very important is the right man comes in um now whether that be in two weeks time or whether that be to the end of the season um the board will have to decide that do you have a, a part to play in that decision yes i think of course i will have you know um but it, again if uh, either way i'll go i'll say we you know go with what the board asked me to do Again, was it again? Manager losing his job always brings another manager in. Was it a proud moment? Did you have any decisions to? I'm going to take this straight away. Did you have to think about it? No, it 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 was it was unexpected um, because it was it was made you know on on you know after the uh, Mason game, Um, but. you know, I'm there if 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 need be. You know, I'm here. I should say, I'm here every single day, um, and. You've seen a lot of games this season. I've seen every game this season. Um, what, what's gone wrong, would you say? Um, no, no, listen, there's there's some things like today, you know, we've... There's not loads wrong. There's a lot for it to improve, but not loads wrong. And you've got to have that little bit of belief and, and confidence and... The players have got to be together, and when I say they've got, they, they got to, if they get the confidence, they will get together. You know, Weymouth today. That's, a, that's a, a, I think that's a third win on the spin. Third win on the spin, and all of a sudden their players are a little bit more confident on the ball. And you know, with regro- uh, with results, 
the confidence will grow. So uh, fair play to them. We've got to try and get to that that level, and at the moment we're just not there. And uh, and that's what happened has happened for a, a bit of the season. We've lacked a little bit of concentration. Today we've been punished by a, something like a 25, 30 yard shot um, because we haven't closed that down quick enough. So we've got to get that back into and some good habits back into the, to the team and the squad. And I'm sure that's that, you know that we'll be fine. Is there a concern about relegation on the sides? Still a bit of a gap between the bottom four, but the three of them have won today. Um, of course, there's a concern. You can't, you know, you've got to believe that you can try and move up the table. But you know, at the same time, you've got to get out of the rut, and if you need to get out of that quickly, rather than let, let, let things go on and on, and um, that's what we see. And hopefully, um, you know, we, we see what happens over the coming weeks. Personally, did you enjoy it again today? Yeah, I, you know, I enjoy it. It's not something I was expecting to do. And believe me, I wasn't. And that, that's, you know, but, um, you know, you have to... These things happen in football when there's no sort of safe safe job or safe thing anywhere, you know. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. But, you know, we've got to we, make no mistake. Like, there's a tough job to be done. And if we, we you know, we don't get it done... Um, then, yeah, we, we, you know, we'll we be kicking ourselves. You've got a Blanche to bring players in. Two have come in. And I think Lewis Manor was announced he'd gone today as well. So yeah. you're giving the, the board are giving you that option to do that? Yeah, well, listen, um, Lewis was a real good lad. You know, he's a good lad. He, but he, he hasn't started any football since the 21st of November. Um, and, uh, he, you know, you get people come to clubs coming in and on church coming for him you know in last week and uh it, you know it was a good offer for us you know and and uh, it was a good offer for, for, for lewis and he wants to play and i'm not saying i wanted him to play every game but uh, you know i couldn't guarantee him that um but it also was a good deal for him and when when that happens you've got to obviously think of of, of, of his livelihood as well and things like that and you know he's got he's got an opportunity um to increase his finances and I don't mean that in a nasty way or anything like he's a he's a real good lad and um I didn't want him to go but but, but these things happen you know and that frees up some budget for you I presume um yeah, yeah listen the budget the budget <laughs> the budget has been is there's always a budget yeah if you go over the budget you know, because of injuries and things like that, that's fine, you can do that. But at some stage, you've got to get the budget back to what it was, to what it was originally. So, you know, your budget, you have to work it. And if you can't sort of, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, you can't say, oh, when budget's been cut, nothing's been cut if you was on the original, but, you know, you're, yeah. you're just asking to be, bring it down to, to the, what it was, you know, and you have to try and do that sometimes. And... You know, we've had our fair share of injuries this year. You know, and every club will say the same same thing. Um, you know, and every manager will say the same thing. You know, the injuries, I've got the injuries. And we've had some poor injuries. And, you know, we do have to bring replacements in and you have to get on with it. But at some stage, you've got to change what's happening on, on the football field. And at the moment, it's not going right for us. You know, it hasn't gone right. We've been really close. We're not getting battered by anybody. We're not getting losing six, seven nil or anything like that. We're chat. We're, we're trying to, to 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 win the games, and you know, by getting the confidence back, getting the belief back, that's how we will eventually. I'm sure we will try and turn the corner. He seems just happy with the performance, mate. If not necessarily the result, uh, do you think they're any better on what you've seen from them before this season? They're not. Um, 
again, struggled a little bit uh, for this season. Um, a lack of a, a goal scorer creating chances. Don't really know what the identity of the side is, to be honest. Um, I think Tony Berman's got to work on that. Um, no pace in the team as well, which I think was a concern. And I thought Weymouth deserved to win. They scored a wonder goal from the centre-half, I have to say, but they were the better side in the second half and were knocking on the door and Dartford didn't have a single shot in the second half. So I, and I spoke to a few Dartford fans after the game and some of them were concerned that basically that they're in a relegation battle. Um, well, they, they are, pure and simple. If you look at the league table, they yeah. are. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, you know, it's all well and good. Like you said, the, the, the ones below looked like they were going to be cut adrift a few weeks ago. But now that gap is closing. And obviously we talk a lot about momentum. We talk a lot about confidence and things like that. And the confidence at Dartford must be on the floor at the moment because a lot of these players, the manager that's brought them in has just been sacked. Um, as you say, they're not getting results. They've only got 34 points from 28 games. Not a very Dartford thing to do. And and it's only seven points now between them and the drop zone. That They've got a game in hand on the teams that, uh, that are below them in the, in the relegation zone at least. But they, they've got to pick up some results because 34 points, you'll go down. So they've got to find a way of, of stringing some results together. And they haven't been getting the results. And and th- their confidence in the, in the camp must be really, really low. And, and Tony Berman's job is, is to G them up, isn't it? <laughs> so they've got a goal scorer in that squad. Gary Alexander, lovely player. Gary Alexander, George Alexander, sorry. Gary Alexander's son. Good player. He looks really short of confidence. Every time I've seen he's a poacher. But again, he's playing back to goal, not his game. And that, and that is a concern the identity of Duff, how they want to play. They've got a decision to make here. Are you giving it to Tony Berman until the end of the season? Or do you go and get a manager who may change some of his squad and then move it from there? It's a really interesting one. I presume results will dictate that. Tony Berman, keen to take it on board, I think, as well. Um, I think he enjoyed it being back in the dugout. Uh, But I think he probably thought it's, it's... He's seen every game, so he knows the strengths and weaknesses of that squad. And I think he probably needs, he knows, he's got to bring a few players in, particular uh, a striker. Alex Wall played in the first half. He's a menace, but if you're not getting the ball up to him, he's really a passenger. And Dartford was struggling to do that. So I'll be concerned where the goals are coming from. I mean, we say it's hard for a striker to come in, um, but when you've got, I'm going to guess, the sort of budget Dartford have got, and as you say, players have moved on, the funds are there and, and you know, there, there's this opportunity for someone here. If I was Tony Berman on the phone to a striker. I'd be saying, yeah, right, we're 18th, but come in, score the goals to get us up the league. And this this place will be flying again. And and, and that's the big thing is that, that, that they shouldn't be in a, in a relegation battle, but they are. And that's the, and that's the concerning thing. And, and they're, they're obviously low on confidence and they need a result, don't they? Yeah, I, I think a, a win somewhere will do it. Again, Princess Park's normally a tough place to go. The fans are on top of it. Very, very quiet. I think everybody's a little bit concerned where they're going at the moment. Yes, uh, elsewhere on Saturday, it was a red letter day. It's been 46 years, as you already said, since team from outside the top five tiers reached the FA Cup fifth round. And it also feels like 46 years since Matt saw Dover win. Uh, but win on Saturday in his absence, they did. They beat Slough by a goal to nil. Uh, without getting carried away, Matt, there's there's little doubt that Jake LeBurl has, has steadied the ship and got things maybe shifting ever so slightly in, in the right direction. Yeah, and what I will say, 
Jake Lebelli's improved players that we had in the squad, which which I think is half the battle. So um, it's a good result against Slough. Again, the next two are going to be tough, but you, you never know. But Dover are a little bit more solid. Scoring goals again is going to be an issue, but they're more organised at the back um, and they, they've got a way of playing now. Right. You know, we will try and pit, be on the front foot, get the ball forward and see where it goes. So absolutely delighted for Jake because he's a good guy and I'm fully confident um, he can get Dover in the right direction, whatever league they're in next season. So, but yeah, great back, you know, doing the double over Slough. Why can't we play them every week? I mean, that's a, it's not a good one for Slough though, is it? But, um, <laughs> you know, no, they, it, they, Slough were full of praise with Dover apparently. But an article I read somewhere saying that, you know, an honest team that working hard for the manager. And that's all, all we ask from, from a Dover point of view. So, again, Dover win, beat Braintree on Saturday. They beat Braintree last year, uh, this last season, somehow. Um, could, um, you know, even I'll start to believe then. Uh, three away games in a row is, is, is a sticking point. Now, exactly, yeah. If we can get, I'm getting carried away now, two wins out of them, <laughs> you never know. So, yeah, all right. Maybe I'm getting carried away, but strange things have happened. Confidence, John. Momentum. You've mentioned it numerous times on this pod. But you've just said if we can win two games out of three, you've won three out of 28. <laughs> How would I be too negative? I've got to be positive about the Whites. Sorry, I apologise. It's three out of 30. I, I, I apologise for being too positive there. Three out, three out of 30. Of course, you're going to win two out of the next three, including at Worthing. Of course you are, mate. <laughs> no, well, well, yeah, if we beat Worthing, I'll be jumping for That will be, um, yeah, that will. That, that's a tough game. Tough game, Worthing. But, but yeah, so, but I don't, you know, give me some hope. Give me some, you know. Again, if, if, if they stayed up and I didn't see another win, maybe I should not go. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm sure that's there'll be a petition it, behind it, the goal. Coming to a whole calendar year, it's 26 <laughs> games I've seen in that time, and I haven't seen it win. Amazing. Uh, Tunbridge Angels were beaten at Western Supermare on Saturday. This weekend they are at home to Chippenham. While Dover's match has said head to Braintree, Dartford go to Farnborough, uh, winning at home to the do- team directly above them in the table in Taunton. While Maidstone's challenge this week is a home clash with runaway leaders, runaway leaders Yeovil before Torquay beaten earlier in the now famous FA Cup run. Visit the Gallagher on Tuesday night. Uh, up to the National League now, and another story that in another week could easily have been at the top of this show. At uh, the end of the Dennis Katrib era at Ebbsfleet United. We thought they might have turned the corner after victory at Maidenhead, but defeat Oxford City, which dropped them back into the bottom four, was the final straw. And on Monday, the German boss was fired, bringing to an end three and a half years in charge. I'm going to be honest, Matt. I didn't see it coming. Did you? No, I thought Ebbsfleet would stick with him. Uh, what he did over the last two seasons, the way they've played. I thought if they were going to sack him, they would have sacked him before now. So the result against Maidenhead was a good result. Maybe if they'd lost at the weekend and it wasn't against Oxford City, it was against one of the bigger hitters, it may have been, uh, you know, he'd have got the benefit of the doubt. But um, it's a big decision now for Ebstead how they do this because the way the club has had that style how the, how they play football uh, over the last three years, I presume you've got to get a manager in who's going to take that on board. You wouldn't want Matt Gerrard coming in, basically saying, forget all about that, keeper. All you've got to do is hit it long. Which, as you know, you've got to get somebody who continues that style of football. 
because it's very difficult to change that style of football, which has been so successful for them over that period. So, yeah, big decision to make. Um, I suppose we had Damien on the show and we were we were critical why they brought in um, Dennis Catree rather than the normal ones, the normal managerial merry-go-round. But of course, it works really well. And Dennis Catree, you know, could he be get, could he get the Dartford job if he wanted it? That's another story, but uh, another question for another day. But yeah, yeah, interesting one where they go from from here. So, but again, like every club in in Kent, there'll be people who want the absolute job because a you've got a decent budget, and b you know what what they can achieve if they're going to do the ground up and everything. So it's it's a good project for somebody. I think it's. Look- if they had the mindset to sack him, then after they got a shoe in at Bromley over Christmas was the time. That, yeah. That's, that's why I mean it's taken me a little bit by surprise because you know they've won two games uh, since Christmas. They've been, they've not been getting hammered. I mean they got hammered. I think they got hammered at homeworks this didn't they? But they only yeah. lost one nil on Saturday, and it's 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 thin, it's narrow margins, and and that's the thing that's frustrating. And as you say, Matt, they're not going to be able to go in and get a someone who's going to play long ball football because they haven't got the players for that. But also, whoever comes in is probably going to be an experienced enough coach to be able to look at the team and say to Mark, we are going to change how we're going to play. So I don't think they're, they're stuck to the the, the Katrine way, because if they were, they would have kept Dennis Katrine. Um, but the, I suppose that the, the, it is a question of where do you go? Do you get someone who knows this level? Do you get someone um, who's up and coming from the lower levels? Or It's, it's a really tough one, uh, where to go. And... It, the timing of it just seems a bit strange to me. I, I really felt if they were going to make that decision, then they would have made that decision a month ago. Not to make it now after not a bad little run, you know, when they've won what two, they've won two out of three before Saturday's defeat. The, the, the two defeats have both been by a goal to nil. That to me is not a this is panic button relegation time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I see um, there is a statement. Danny Searle, who was manager of Aldershot a few years ago, I think he's been managing Ireland. He's coming as sort of temporary manager uh, while they can try and conduct uh, um, to get a manager in. Clearly, Danny Searle has, has got a chance there. If he brings up results, he might get the job. So, again, he, he plays the right style of football, was semi-successful at Aldershot. Um, but, uh, again, it, it's, it's an important decision. Absolutely do not want to be playing National League South football next season. No, because like they, they, they know how hard it is to get out of that. Yeah, league. exactly. Yeah. They've, they've seen it. You know, it took them long enough to get out, even be, being as good as they were on a Dennis Kachim. And they're probably looking at Prince's Park at the moment thinking, no, 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 we don't fancy that. No, well, it, it, exactly. So, interesting one. Um, maybe Damien, if he still listens, when, he, when, um, when he's got his new manager, we can get him on the show and he can talk through all these bits and pieces. But, yeah, yeah I think you're right, John. You nail on the head when you said, if they're going to get rid of him, you got to get rid of him after the Bromley put five past him on New Year's Day and give a manager a chance to look at the squad um, and maybe try and look at other players coming in because players may come available with the transfer window shutting tomorrow from players who are not in. So, yeah, interesting to see where they go. So, um, I think they're on the telly this weekend as well, aren't they? So, against um, Oldham, yeah. Yeah, interesting times for Ebsley. Um, but the consensus, again, um, a bit like... Some of the fans love Dennis Catree, give him maximum respect for what he did, um, but time to change. So um, at the end of the day, they want to still stay a National League side. And clearly that's the remit that that's the reason why um, Dennis lost his job. Would, no, no, I, I think would, you, would you say 
could trade for Dartford? I mean, it'd be a bold appointment uh, if he wanted to get straight back in. Then, yeah. you know, I think he'd do a great job. I think he'd fit in at Dartford uh, as long as people are prepared to forget his past. Because, you know, yeah. obviously they are um, quite tight rivals. Um, and I think that's that, that, that's the big question, isn't it? I, I could see it happening um, if he wants the opportunity, if he's settled into there and, and if Dartford are prepared to buy into it. Um, but if you're telling me that the current Dartford team's got no pace in it, I'm not sure that's going to quite fit in with with what Dennis Katrine would want. So it would probably be a big financial decision to make. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably a little bit too early for him as well. But maybe if he needs to recharge his batteries and Tony Berman gets it to the um, uh, end of the season, maybe Dennis Katrine could be one of the contenders if if um, if he still wants to stay in this country. Yeah, absolutely. There was also a defeat for Bromley uh, on Saturday. They beat one nil at AFC Fylde, uh, which means they are now 16 points behind the leaders, Chesterfield, who've got two games in hand. We're almost at the stage where I'm starting to look and work out how many more points Chesterfield need to win the league. Uh, they're that far clear. Uh, both sides at home on Saturday. Bromley against Hartlepool, as Matt just said, FC against Oldham. 5.30pm kickoff. Live on TNT Sport. Living the dream on a Saturday evening. Again, this most insane of weeks is full of great stories. It's only now that we head to the Southern Counties East League, where late goals were the order of the day at the top of the table on Tuesday night. Deal led 2-0 against Faversham with three minutes to play, but after having Wes Hennessy sent off, the Hoops just couldn't hold on. A quick-fire goal from Sam Hassler and Kieran Campbell and the Lily Whites a point. Uh, even later drama at Erith Town, where Jake Lovell's goal was timed at 97 minutes as they hit back to draw 1-1 with leaders' glee. Our fourth place Corinthian also struck late on, Oscar Housego netting a goal to earn a 2-2 draw at Stansfeld. Elsewhere on Tuesday, Holmesdale won 4-0 at Hollands and Blair. Kennington beat Sutton Athletic 2-0. Russell beaten 2-1 by Fisher and another late goal, this time for Lid as they drew 2-2 at Tunbridge Wells. Uh, if Deal would held on for that, Matt, that would have been a huge win, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, I know somebody was there and he said um, the sending off changed the game a little bit. Faversham, never say die attitude on the Tommy Warlow. I suppose those two goals in the last three minutes could be a big contender of where the uh, scaffold um, would be, but a lot of draws at the top. We haven't, we haven't really gone that far forward, have we, after Tuesday night's games? Glee being caught back. You have to think Deal and Corinthians are the, probably the favourites because of the amount of games they've got in hand. But maybe a chance for Faversham to regroup under that could be really a big important point under Tommy Royale now. And maybe that could, could give them that magical momentum to win a few games and um, get up the table. But it's looking a very, very exciting um, title race. I presume with Deal being in the Vars, we're, these games are going to take a long while to catch up as well. So um, there's going to be plenty of twists and turns, I think, in this division. That's the thing for Deal. Obviously, they've got the Vars and they've got the... Uh, uh, and obviously, they've got this backlog of fixtures and, and you hope that they've got enough legs in them to keep going and that the momentum keeps going. And, you know, players, as we always say, they love playing rather than training. Um, but, you know, it's 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 so tight there at the top of the table. And, and there's a game on at the moment, which are currently winning as we approach the closing stage at Snodland. So they'll be back up level on points with Beersted in fifth. And, and, you know, all that top seven now are are in with a shout and, and include Beersted who are in an unbelievable run of form. They won six one on Saturday. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they've won at least five games in a row and, and really looking up the table. And, and right now it's wide open. And, and do you know what? At the start of the season, none of us saw that this was going to be a wide open title race. We were all, as far as we were concerned, there was only one team that were going to win it. And the fact that we've got to, 
nearly February and there's still a massive title race in this division is credit to all of those teams at the top who've, you know, some of those teams are defying expectations of where they sh- where they thought they might be at the start of the season. You know, they're doing exceptionally well uh, to keep on going. Deal on massive unbeaten run, Corinthian likewise. It's it's fantastic and, and again, just shows what an amazing division this is. You think about it, John. Also, how good are the playoffs going to be as well when it comes to this? Makes this division so, so exciting. There's going to be so many twists and turns. But I just got a feeling that 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 point for Faversham will feel like three. And now they've got something to build on. So I haven't seen what the fixtures are coming up. But I think they need, they know, Faversham need to know, we need to put four or five wins on the spin to put pressure on the other sides. They've got their games in hand and not much you can do about that. But um, people would say points on the board. But I think Faversham... I still think they've got a big part to play in this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they won 4 1 at Fisher on Saturday, uh, while Glee beat Snodden 2 0. Corinthian defender Jamie Billings played in goal for 40 minutes as his nine man side drew 0 0 at Hollands and Blair. Uh, Ollie Freeman scored a hat trick inside the first 23 minutes in that Beersted win, which was at Holmesdale. It ended 0 0 as Kensington faced Irith Town. Lords would beat Stansfield 3 2. VCD won by the same score at Lid Town, with two penalties from Zach Byron among those goals, including one right at the end. Uh, Sutton Athletic pegged back late on by Rustall to draw 1-1 in Ryan Huckle's first home game in charge. Uh, Dealtown 2-0 victors at Wellingtown and it ended 1-1 between Whitstable and Punjab United. Uh, fixtures on Saturday, it's Beerstead against Whitstable Town, big game. Corinthian against Lidtown, big game. Dealtown against Tunbridge Wells. Town against Wellingtown. It's Faversham against Holmesdale. Fisher against Kennington. Lords are at home to Punjab United. Glebe go to Rustall. It's Stansfeld against Snodland. And VCD Athletic against Hollands and Blair. And then on Tuesday night, Corinthian are at home to Fisher. Lordswood against Leedtown. It's Punjab United against Wellington. Tunbridge Wells against VCD. And then on Wednesday, two more games as well. Snodland against Hollands and Blair. And Sutton Athletic against Holmesdale. Now, in the first division, Canterbury held on to beat Tooting Beck 3-2. Staples Monarchs won 2-0 at Croydon. No goals between Faversham Strike Force and Lewisham Borough. K-Sports beaten 3-1 by FC Elmstead. Bride Ramps 2-1 winners at Larkfield and New Hyde. Meridian VP overcame Greenways 4-1. SC Thamesmead lost 1-0 to AFC Whiteleaf. Uh, there is a game in that division tonight as well, which is currently FC Elmstead 2, Meridian VP 0. Uh, so that one is, uh, is is looking good for FC Elmstead. That'll be back-to-back wins for them this week. Uh, fixtures in the Southern Counties East League first division on Saturday. Brian Ropes against Brilliant VP. FC Elmstead against Sporting Club Thamesmead. K-Sports against Forest Hill Park. Larkville and New Hyde against Faversham Strikeforce. Lewisham Borough against Greenways. Staplehurst Monarchs against Rochester United. Uh, in the East Munich South East, Cray Valley's unbeaten record looked under some real threat as they trailed to Horndean. But Danny Waldron grabbed an equaliser to keep it going but drawing games at home as Matt has said uh, has been their problem. Sittingbourne meanwhile moved up to third uh, they are six points behind the Millers um, with a 2-1 win at East Grinstead while the clash between the bottom two ended 1-1 between Beckenham and Irith and Belvedere. Uh, both of those sides had won on Saturday. Beckenham beat Merston 2-1 and the Deers overcame Phoenix Sports by a goal to nil. Where elsewhere Cray Valley beat Ashford 2-0. Sittingbourne 3-0 winners at Herne Bay and a pair of 0-0 draws between Seven Oaks and Hythe and the leaders Ramsgate and Sheppey United with the Ites announcing earlier this week that Matt Longhurst has joined the club as director of football. That's an interesting appointment, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Um, is Ernie Batten still re-involved? Well, he's still Ernie the Batten manager, isn't he? Be, so he's still the manager. He used to be director of football there, didn't he? So they've used this role, I think, previously. Um, Matt Longhurst, we know he's had some clubs, but we know he, he's got good connections with um, various uh, 
players in the area. Maybe you could bring some players in from there. Yep. Um, yeah, I think utilise his knowledge. It's probably good for Sheppy. What Sheppy's still on the outskirts of the playoffs. Um, so they've still got a definite chance of um, getting into the playoffs as well. So, um, yeah, keeps him in, but he probably needs to stay at a club a little bit longer. So hopefully for the long term for Matt Longhurst really here. Yeah, I think he's he's one of those. Uh, I, I really like talking to Matt Longhurst. I've spoke to him three, four times for this show. He's always great value, but his reputation at the moment has taken a knock, you know, because obviously yeah. he left Ramsgate in, in the circumstances that he did and then went into Irith and Belvedere and, and, and left there at the end of the, uh, a, a few weeks ago uh, with them really having floundered. And I wonder actually if a director of football job for him now is, is maybe the right thing at the moment just for him to take stock a little bit uh, and maybe look at things that he might want to do differently, want to do better while also not being in the hot seat. Yeah, I think he, he, he sort of, started the Ramsgate revolution off the pitch with the youth side. So maybe Sheppier going to pilot his knowledge into that to try to help them on there. So, um, yeah, we'll see where he goes. Yeah, but I say for the minute, he's out of the managerial dugout. We'll see how he gets on. Yeah, Ashford at home to Beckenham on Saturday. Uh, when Irith and Belvedere head to Broadbridge Heath. Seven Oaks are at Horndean. It's Hyde against Ramsgate. Herne Bay are at Lansing. Uh, Cray Valley travel to Merston. Phoenix Sports host Littlehampton. Sheppey take on Three Bridges. It's sitting morning against Burgess Hill. And Tuesday night, Hyde at home to Irith and Belvedere. Sitting morning against Seven Oaks. And Cray Valley head to Three Bridges. And actually, talking of Hyde, uh, pitch problems for them, Matt. I, I, don't, I know you were there at the 17 game. games they've only played. That's yeah. mental. Uh, yeah, and, and they put a statement, haven't they, saying that they, you know, they are looking at things about the pitch, and they've appointed a new groundsman. I think the, the very reputable Jordans, I think it is, have come in, um, have, have come in there. But it, it is a real struggle, and I know obviously Ramsgate fans still pretty irate after what happened with them in the FA Trophy there earlier in the season. Um, you know, I, I feel that they were, you know, that they, that obviously has, has affected them quite badly. But uh, the statement on the Hyde website has said. It's not going to notice that we've struggled with postponements and that coupled with our extended FA Trophy on leaders with football on Tuesday and Saturday's way into March, not something we plan for or want. Um, despite the very best efforts of our loyal and hardworking ground staff um, with limited machinery and who must be soul-destroying, de- dedicate many hours of work on the pitch only for fixtures to be postponed, uh, the club recognised an appointed professional ground can- contractor with all the machinery in early December. Um, it was a failure of the club in previous seasons a significant lack of investment in the playing surface and ground infrastructure, which is something we plan to change going forward. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, they've had so many games called off and, and, and everything like that. And, and you've got to take care of your pitch. And, and what they're saying there, you know, we've, we hold our hands up. It hasn't been done right in the past, but now they've got to get it right, haven't they? It could affect their promotion now. They're, they're playing far too many games Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday at some point. Um, from this, so uh, yeah, I feel for them there because I know seen them a couple of times. What a good side that Steve um, Watts got there. He must be frustrated. And when I was at the game against Chorley, somebody said, "Oh, I'd get a three G," and said, "Well, have you got six hundred grand?" So unfortunately, it doesn't really work out that way. They've played seven home games. They're probably quite lucky, Hyde, that they've had a decent cup run because that's brought in some well-earned money. But seven home games is not great uh, when you're into the into February. So I really hope they can work it out and hopefully they can get some decent weather as well. So um, there should be a decent crowd there against Ramsgate and put on a show there and maybe uh, derail Ramsgate at the top. But yeah, you've got to feel for them a little bit. 
yeah, I don't think there's any love lost, as I say, Ramsgate, yeah. if people for, have forgotten. Uh, it was the week before one of Ramsgate's big FA Cup games, I was supposed to be playing there in the FA Trophy, and it was called off on the Saturday and then rearranged for the Tuesday, uh, which meant that the Rams sent a very understrength team uh, down there and were beaten. So I'm sure Ramsgate fans will be very keen to win that one, uh, which comes on uh, Saturday. Uh, that just leaves with the Eastman League Premier Division, where on Saturday Chatham thumped Canby Island 5-1, and Cray Wanderers got a much-needed 1-0 win over Wingate and Finchley, uh, and folks in a victory 3-3 with Carl Shulton. Unfortunately, that's as good as it got in that division, as Margate dropped into the bottom four with a 4-2 loss at Lewis, and they stayed there after a 4-0 defeat at uh, the other side of where I live, at Hastings on Tuesday night. Uh, some players start to come in at Hartsdown Park now. I notice Cadell Daniel is back, uh, but as yet, the points are not. Uh, Folkestone lost the leaders Hornchurch, who are now under the leadership of Darren McMahon on Tuesday night as well. Well, Chatham are nine points back in second after their 3-2 home defeat to Hashtag United, despite an early goal from their new signing, Rowan Lybird. On Saturday, Folkestone travelled to Billericay, Cray Wanderers head to Carshalton, Chatham at Whitehawk, Margate home to Dulwich Hamlet. On Tuesday, it's Folkestone against Cray Wanderers, Chatham go to Wingate and Finchley. And I know we've spoken about them a lot, Matt, but when do we start to worry about Margate? Because this is getting, you know, it's a pair of poor results. I know against decent sides, but... This is Margate, you know. They're, they're, in the last ten years, they've they've been flying high in 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 the National League South for a, a brief period, and now they seem to be at their lowest ebb again, and and it is concerning, isn't it? I would I would say from a Margate point of view, with everybody having a lot of games in hand, or Concord in particular, Margate needs to start picking up some points. It just doesn't really work under Mark Stimson as well. So, really, really concerning for Margate. Um, there's been a turnover of players. Uh, Mark Stimson, when, when I've interviewed him before, he was, wasn't particularly complimentary about some of his players. Didn't mention them, but, but this time he sort of mentioned in other interviews that um, he had, he, some players he hasn't been happy with. So I don't know. The constant purge of players coming in and out is not really working for them. The players they've brought in, Dominic Vose, on his day, probably one of the best players in non-league. He's got ball is chained to him and he never seemed to settle anywhere. From what I saw, Margate need a striker absolutely desperately. Um, Adele Daniel, I know a bit about Adele Daniel from Dover. He, he can deliver a ball, but he's not going to score you any goals. So from Margate point of view, I think they need a striker from somewhere. Um, um, I don't know if some of the Margate fans, you know, he, Stimson, is he, would you say Mark Stimson's under pressure, John? Well, I did see a poll on Facebook from some Margate fans saying, should we just get rid of him now and and um, you know, or, or do we give him time to build? I mean, I, personally, I, I think they need stability. And yeah. yes, it's yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Um, it's very disappointing where they are, but they need to get they need to stick stick. Well, I mean, the blokes only had two months. Yeah. Well, again, and we we've, we've been critical of Margate constantly changing the manager. So I, I'm not saying he should be sacked because I think Mark Stimson's a good manager. Um, it just hasn't worked out for him at the moment at Margate. They need a win from somewhere. Um, really, really disappointing. Uh, and I say, uh, and of course, Ramsgate, for all, you know, doing the work, they don't want Margate down either. They want that derby next season. So they will be trying to think this as well. There's no, I don't think there's any Ramsgate fan who wants to see Margate go down. So but yeah, they've got to start picking up perform results. You know, 16 games, I think, is that a win? You know, if you carry on like that, you're only heading one way, as I well know. So, and I don't think getting rid of Mark Stimson is is the, is the answer and bringing another manager in somehow. 
they've got to work together um, and believe in Mark Stimson and see what he can do. Um, I suppose as well, the other thing for Margate, who do have to play chess and who've just gone above them as well. Um, but if they were to go down with the current malaise around that place and some of the teams that are very forward thinking in the division below them, they'd find it hard, wouldn't they, to, to bounce straight back? I would say, yes, they would find it very difficult um, to find it. That, because, again, they've got a losing mentality at that football club and they've got that, that's got to change. Uh, hopefully, you know, the work off the pitch is now coming to fruition or it will do this month. Um, but, yeah, results need to improve on the pitch. They really, really do. Oh, well, that is it for the football chat. It's been an absolutely epic show. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed the interviews that we brought you and, and that amazing account uh, of the game on Saturday from Nick and Kian there. It was absolutely brilliant. That. I really, really enjoyed it. And so brought back all the emotions uh, of it all. And, and as Matt says, you know, everyone's jealous of you, Maidstone. I see a few naysayers and, oh, well, but no, everyone is jealous. And everyone, even if they're not saying it on social media, everyone is really chuffed for you. It's amazing. Uh, have you been up to anything else exciting? Uh, no, not a lot. No, not a lot at all, really. So, uh, um, just plodding along, mate. Really, plodding along. Um, are you Are you in bed this week? Uh, or no, no. My up? wife's back, so she, I am watching the football on the telly. My wife's just gone to bed. Hopefully, she's put the heated blanket on, so when I get into bed, I can fall asleep watching that. So um, now she's back. So uh, no, I'm, I'm watching. I'm like lounging on the sofa, watching the football and realizing. Um, I think Dover Athletic are bad. Chelsea are dreadful. There you go. So, <laughs> so there you go. So all these Chelsea fans, there you go. I'm putting you on a par with Dover. Uh, Liverpool are very good, but Chelsea, oh, stinking the place out. So this must be, I reckon this could be the world record show we've done. So that must be the interviews about half an hour. Yeah, pretty and much. Already done, it, this will be a world record. So I think we probably should rein it in because people yeah. might have, they might have got an hour and a half. They've got a, they might be listening yeah. to it on a Saturday before a game. So, um, there Absolutely. You go. Well, yeah, good luck if you are listening to it for a game. I hope your kit's not too figure-hugging as you get out there uh, in these cold conditions because that's the last thing that you want. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Let, let's let's wrap it up then. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Well, all we, we got to say is Maystone United. That's that's yeah. my yeah, What else can you United. say? There you go. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. As always, you can find us on social media on Twitter uh, at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, on Facebook, search for Kent Non-League Podcast. And also there is the group Kent Non-League Football Chat, uh, which has been fun for me this week, uh, shall we say. I'll tell you about that one off the air, Matt. Um, but yeah, um, also you can find us on threads and Instagram at Kent Non-League Podcast. I'm at John Pips 81, Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. And of course, Nick Morgan is at Loudmouthstone1 if you want to give him a follow after that brilliant account of his day out at Ipswich. Because you never know, he might do another one when they're going to... I was going to say Highfield Road then. Well, I'd probably say you want Sheffield Wednesday, probably. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's probably the the, the tie you'd prefer. Yeah. But then for distance, you'd want to go Coventry. Well, 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 yeah, yeah. You're in the fifth round of the FA Cup. You know, we can't get. Yeah, you know, good luck. Good luck to him. Enjoy whatever it is. Enjoy. Chelsea have just scored, by the way. So okay. not as bad as Dover. <laughs> living the dream what a time to be alive uh, yeah thank you everyone for listening to this week's show thank you to uh, all three of our guests for their time and their efforts as well and again well done Maidstone United we are so proud of you uh, and let's see what next week brings and we'll bring you whatever happens next week on the Kent Only Podcast I'm going to be as positive as George Ellicobi for the next seven days <laughs>